everyone. This is Kimberly. And this is Katie. And you're listening to A Date with Dateline. Why did you start laughing the way I said it last time? Because you tripped on the word everyone and it sounded like you went, eh, everyone. <laughs> I don't think I did that. Just a little bit. Maybe it was a glitch. I didn't hear it. It could have been a glitch in my headphones. It sounded like you did like a DJ. Er, er, er. Oh, no, that's I definitely what. didn't. You weren't doing it on purpose. It sounded like scratch that record, DJ. Well, that's appropriate for this episode. DJ Kimberly in the hizzy playing tonight. Because we're going to the club tonight. We are going to the club. Mm, Do you? Mm, 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 I'm glad mm. to see you wore your clubbing attire. Yeah, I'm wearing my Hogwarts shirt. Hogwarts crop top with six inch stiletto boots. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't even know what to wear to a club now. It's been so long. I think I just told you. I hate the club. Aww. I'm too short for the club. I get lost in a sea of people looking right over me. And I have had this exact conversation with you because I'm too tall for the club. And I feel like I'm standing above a sea of heads like a monster. That's not true. We need to combine forces and become the perfect club goer. And her name is Tracy. Tracy? Does she live in the 80s? Sure. She's got good bangs, though. Tracy with the good bangs. I love it. Okay, great. This episode is called Death of a Golden Girl. And I was like, please don't let it be Betty White because we've been through enough this year and she's the only one left. I feel like it's coming. I'm really worried about that. No, she's in a protective bubble right now. With Ruth Bader Ginsburg? Are they in the same bubble? Yeah. It's like Area 52. It's called Area 52. And it's where they keep our most beloved celebrities. Great. Love it. So this is season 18, episode 22. It aired on March 19th, 2010. The reason I picked it is because Dateline just released it on the audio version of their podcast. So a couple people started recommending it. There is a different voiceover person that is not Lester in this episode who begins the episode with quite a bit of shade, I felt like. Uh, well, this whole episode is basically blame the victim. Shade. There's so much shade in this episode. I feel like there's a lot of blame to go around in this episode on everyone. Yeah, that's for sure. But they're especially harsh on somebody who's no longer here to defend themselves. Understood. But this was in 2010. It was a long time ago. We are more... Advanced society? Yes. There we go. Except that we're the opposite of that. We are devolving at a rapid pace. But in terms of this issue, which we'll get to, I feel like we're evolving. But the voice of a person sounds like the one who does the action movies. It's kind of like, and then the aliens came back and it was up to one man to defend his whole family and Earth. Like that kind of guy. And that man was Patton Oswalt. He comes out, <laughs> hey guys! I would see that movie right now. Yeah, me Today, too. Trade marketing Kimberly. He's the hero we need. Ratatouille part three. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like the part that Randy Quaid plays in Independence Day. Sure. There we go. But it would be Patton Oswalt. Because I think Randy Quaid is like legit crazy. Not sure. Oh, yeah. That's questionable, right? I feel like that's true. But I'm, I could be. I'm not sure. I could just be slandering. Apologies, Randy. Apologies to Dennis Quaid as well. You're apologizing to the entire Quaid family? Yeah, all the Quaid. You're, you're covering all the bases, just in yeah. cases. Okay. Yeah. So the host, the voiceover person, says a Playboy model wannabe 
who love to party. Maybe a little too much. Guys. <laughs> and then they're showing photos of our victim holding up giant bottles of vodka. Was she a vodka girl? The girl that goes around with the bottles? Oh, quite possibly. She maybe was a Red Bull girl. I feel like she was maybe more an alcohol girl. I think those girls get paid slightly more than the Probably. Red Bull girl. I don't yeah. know how that works. Well, didn't we have a Budweiser girl in an episode? I feel like we did. Was it Bud or was it Michelob? Was it like a weird one? It was Budweiser because she was wearing a Budweiser dress. And we kept thinking, why was she wearing this Budweiser dress? And it turned out it was They kept showing it in several B-roll shots of her. And we kept thinking, does she just love that company? Or why is she wearing that? She only have one dress? Turns out that was for her job. And then we felt really dumb. So That sounds right. That sounds like that happened. Sounds like us. Yeah, that tracks. So this episode is about Paula Sladuski and Kevin Klein. Not to be confused with delightful actor from In and Out, Kevin Klein. I'm so sorry. I just watched a little extra blurb on this and they pronounced his last name Klim and it threw me. The entire Dateline, they say Klein. And so I'm like, is this other thing correct or is Dateline correct? I'm going to say Dateline is correct. I always go with Dateline's correct. That could be blind loyalty speaking. That's okay. So what else was Kevin Klein in? He's in A Fish Called Wanda. Fish Call Wanda, in and out is one of my favorites. Oh, and he plays Mr. Fish Odor on Bob's Burgers. But I think it's Doug, the one where he plays the president's, like, stand-in. Dave? Dave. Dave. Not Doug. Definitely not Doug. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I apologize for any Dougs out there, but I don't think we're going to get a Doug president. Douglas? Oh, maybe. Yeah, Douglas, but no Dougs. Okay, that's fair. So... They were in, Paula and Kevin were celebrating New Year's in Miami. Welcome to Miami. Bienvenido a Miami. Welcome to the club where the heat is on. How bright is the time where the heat is on? Welcome to Miami. You can't I said, add. I said five minutes. I thought you were going to do it. Before I would sing that song. And so, yeah, I did. I had, I had, at five minutes, Kimberly does that Miami song she always does when we're in Miami. Are you serious? I feel like it's the first time I've done it. Oh, that's cute. Okay, keep going. <laughs> that's hilarious. How many times have we been in Miami? Enough that I know you're going to do the song. <laughs> Love Will Smith. What can I say? Yeah. So they were going to this crazy party. And as Dennis, we are a Dennis is enough episode. I don't think I said that. He has so many Dennisisms in this episode. Dennis is extra. So extra in this episode. I think because we're on his turf, right? Dennis is a Florida man, not that kind of Florida man. So I feel like he's feeling really comfortable and confident. Dennis was a Florida man. It would be like Florida man walks into a store, tips an extra $20 to the man hemming his trousers and says, have a great day and goes home. And it would be like the most boring Florida man story ever. Oh, I feel like it would be more like pays man who's hemming his garment son's college tuition. Yeah, I could see that too. So they were diving into the sizzle of the pan that is like when you're making an egg. I don't know. Oh. I loved it. So he calls it their trip down to Florida a down and back. Yeah. Okay. They were going to fly in, do some shots. Hello, 2010. And Great. on Monday, they were supposed to fly black, but Paula was missing and Kevin was searching for her. Maybe in his Ed Hardy shirt. He wears this one shirt that has a large 
shiny dragon on the front. Yeah, we can say that's Ed Hardy. Okay, thank you. You were giving me a look like I was wrong about fashion again. Uh-uh. Maybe I'm just self-conscious. I'm so sorry. I'm frowning because I can't remember. There's a person that makes Ed Hardy, Christian Audiger or something like that. And he makes other stuff, but it all looks like Ed Hardy. Mm. So at the very least, it's the same guy that does Ed Hardy, even if it's not. You nailed it. I gotcha. Sorry, I'm not frowning at you. I'm frowning because I couldn't remember the name. So Paula was the aspiring leggy model with blonde hair down to there. Down to where, Dennis? She had vanished. And then we get our second shame of the episode. And this time we're shaming Lady Gaga. Maybe if Lady Gaga hadn't been scheduled to perform, then it wasn't said quite like that. It was more like, maybe if Lady Gaga hadn't been scheduled to perform, then Paula wouldn't have insisted on the trip. Do you feel like Paula insisted on the trip? I feel like this was a joint effort. He, Kevin, basically every time I say Kevin's name, I'm going to be saying Kevin because I keep thinking his name is Nick the whole time. Oh, okay. So Kevin. He says this was solely her and what baby wants, baby gets type of thing. And she loved to show off in Miami. And she heard there were going to be celebrities at the Lady Gaga concert. Right, because it's not like a concert concert. They said it was at that fancy hotel, the Fountain Blue. I'm assuming it was like a small venue thing. It didn't look small from the cell phone footage. That's what I thought, too. But we don't see that till a little bit later. The Fountain Blue? There we go. I didn't want to say it like that because I thought you'd make fun of me. So I just <laughs> said it normal. I just do it myself. Just leave it. But get to the scalping of the tickets. That's where I got stuck. So he got her scalp tickets, $750 each, which actually doesn't even surprise me for a New Year's Eve Lady Gaga concert. I'm not even surprised. Just $700 is like... And put a pin in this because we're going to have to come back to it because we do find out some things about finances later. But I just, that's so much money, right? And staying in Miami on New Year's Eve, like around New Year's. No, but she liked to live like a baller and Kevin had to help her with that. But honestly, that doesn't even surprise me because I've seen scalp tickets not on New Year's for other artists go for a lot. I was treated to a concert once with scalp tickets. That's amazing. But they were really good seats. But they weren't $750, but they were a lot of money. Are we blaming Lady Gaga here, though, is basically what I want to get at. Is she at fault for being so alluring, so charismatic, so creative with her costume choices that she led to a woman's death? Yeah. Yes. I'm going to say yes. She's pretty good. I was watching that old MTV Music Awards, her first show when she did Paparazzi and she comes with the blood and everyone like gasps in the audience. That was like the thing of its time. And the best part of that whole clip is when they show P. Diddy in the audience and his face is just like he can see that he's seeing where music is about to go. And he's like, shoot, like, it's really oh, it's, my time is up. Like, oh, man. That's when he changed his name from Puff to P. He's like, I got to change something. That was it. I got to change it up. I got to do something. I got to learn how to play the piano. And then and actually sing really, really well. But also, this was bad romance time. Did you hear the music? It was bad romance. But I'm sure she plays all of her big hits at her New Year's concerts. 
but I don't know what the big hit was in 2010. Bad Romance. I think that's when it came out. Yeah. So I think it would have like that would have just happened. And that was that would have been cool. I don't know. I'm, I would like to see Lady Gaga live. I don't know if I could stomach $700 for tickets or where I would come up with that kind of money. I'd have to sell an arm or a kidney. Yeah, I wouldn't do it for Lady Gaga. For you to see Hamilton, I would. Oh, I'd like to see that live. Let's get back to the story. Paula. She doesn't seem like a Paula. She seems like a Nikki. So it would be Nikki and Nick? Yeah, what have you seen? What have you seen lately with a Nick in it? Because you have been having the past three or four episodes, you've had this exact same problem where people don't seem like the name that they're supposed to to you. I just should be in charge of naming people, I think. And then I would agree with everything. Oh, OK. Well, that, that solves it. Paula was a model. So we see lots of photos of her lying on a bed and in lingerie. And then Dennis says she was the pretty girl at the car show doing those type of gigs. And I was like, Dennis, you have to start somewhere. No shame in that. No, there's not. But then Hef, as Dennis says, because he knows Hef. I'm sure they've met. Dennis Murphy and Hugh Hefner, were they buds? No, but I'm sure that they've met. I'm sure that Dennis has been cordial and regaled him with a delightful story. Hef regaled him with a pornographic story and they went their (laughs) separate ways. And that was it. So... Hef said he was looking for a golden girl, there's our title, folks, and went on a national search for a new playmate. As Dennis says, I'm going to be saying that a lot because Dennis just has so many zingers in this episode. It's allowed. I'll allow it. He says, think an American Idol style cattle call with skimpier clothing. We knew what it was, Dennis. Dennis. But I didn't know. So golden girl was the name of the search. I don't know. There were some brunettes in there. Is the golden girl a blonde? Was the golden girl just like, I'm looking for my newest golden child? You know how it's the best and brightest? So the golden girl is like the award-winning girl, like a gold trophy. I didn't associate it with blonde necessarily. Maybe it's just tan. Oh, a bronzed goddess. Right. It's a a girl you could see out in the sun. Not either one of us because we're too pale. I don't think I'd be going out for that competition. Yeah. I might sign you up. I would be sunburned within two seconds. I found her for you. She's here. So Paula made it onto this video, which was pretty good, but she didn't make the final cut. And so her modeling career was kind of stalling. Anyways, we're back to Miami. This episode jumps around a lot. So it's Miami. It's January 2nd. And her and Nick Kevin are enjoying their trip. And they heard about Space, which I feel like you say like secrets, which is a club that is only open one day a week from Saturday at midnight to Sunday afternoon. Paula did her customary one hour makeup thing. (laughs) No way. Wait, are you saying that it's longer than an hour? Yeah, I'm saying it's longer than an hour. I was like an hour. It's longer than an hour. That's shade. From Dennis. But I guess that's very normal for people. Yeah, but I think uh, makeup, and I don't think it was probably just makeup. It sounds like she did an outfit change, a hair change, makeup change. It's longer than an hour. Aren't you just going to get to the club and then get all sweaty and then it's just running down your face anyways? I don't think she's a sweaty kind of dancing at the club girl. I think she's like a standing looking perfect and then kind of moving. Do you see what I'm doing with my body where it's like shoulders only and face? 
that. Yeah, I think she's a that kind of club girl where there's minimal dancing and lots of standing and looking Please pretty. Please do that again. I'm trying a thing where I record on this and then I maybe can share it with our patrons. Oh, good Lord. Because they will need to see that. She also has six inch heels on, which leads me to believe that minimal dancing. She's not doing the cabbage patch. She's like, well, no one's doing the cabbage patch in 2010 anyway, <laughs> unless they're the running awesome. man. They just all break out into the running man. If someone is doing the cabbage patch in the club, here's a tip. That's the person you want to be friends with. Yeah. Yeah. But don't take any drugs that they give you. Drugs make you do dances like the cabbage patch. You're either like cool and being fun in an ironic kind of way, or you're on the kind of drugs that are making you do the cabbage patch in 2010, which means back away. So Paula did her customary one hour makeup thing and they went to the club at 1.30 I am so old. No, ma'am. They went to the club at 530. 5.30. 5.30. 5.30, they went to the club. By 5.30, I've already fallen asleep for several hours, woken up, couldn't fall back asleep because anxiety, gotten a bag of chips and or a peach and eaten it laying down horizontal in my bed and then fallen asleep with crumbs all over myself. Anyways, bartender... Raymond, couldn't tell if he was saying Raymond or Raymond Diaz, said she glowed in the dark with her platinum hair and tan skin and neon blue dress and six inch heels. And Dennis is like, Raymond, this is Miami. Girls like that are a dime a dozen. But apparently she was special. So Paula and Kevin had been dating for a few years, but Kevin was well aware of the effect that Paula had on men. Oh, boy. Paula was, wait for it. I'm here. The greatest Dennis phrasing ever. Is it three words? I would spell it as two. Oh, okay. I had it as three. Is it just sounds though? Yeah, just sounds. Paula was boom shakalaka. I'm going to have to face the fact that at this point in my life, I'm never going to be described as boom shakalaka by Dennis. And that is perhaps the greatest tragedy. That's when you know your youth is gone forever. When Dennis on a dateline no longer calls you boom shakalaka. But Dennis might call a lot of things boom shakalaka in his life. He might see like a great line drive. I was trying to do a golf thing, and but I think that's baseball. But I was trying to think of a golf term. When you're on the green and that putting was boom shakalaka. So he might do it like that, in which case you totally could still be described as boom shakalaka. And I'm sure Oliver would describe you as boom shakalaka. No, he would describe me as boom shakalaka? Question mark. So Kevin would run interference when the guys would come after Paula. And one guy in particular was up with his crotch on her. And They said crotch. They said crotch. Crotch is the term that's used, yeah. Yeah, I'm quoting Dateline, with his arm around her. And so Kevin was like, we're leaving. He says he was doing the boyfriend shuffle, which I can totally picture what that is. The boyfriend shuffle was the next best quote. I was like, boyfriend shuffle, got it. (laughs) That is amazing. But she didn't want to go. She was drunk and she was having fun. So she kind of pulled away from him, at which point the bouncers think they're having a domestic and they are like, kick him out of the club. But it's club policy to kick them both out of the club. First, they kick him out of the club. But he gave her his credit card before leaving, which was kind of like, wow, he's a perfect boyfriend. More on that later. 
No, he gave her the credit card so she could pay their tab. He's being kicked out first. I would think he wouldn't even care who's paying their tab. He's being kicked out. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't think she has a credit card on her. Oh, I agree. So no one's paying the tab. Exactly. So she stays in the club for a second. He's furious. He had her cell phone because he always carried it when they go clubbing, which killed me. I was like, does he have a Merce? What he, uh, men hate that, right? Have being responsible for carrying everything that you are wearing an outfit that you cannot carry things in. They, that must be so annoying as a boyfriend. No, jerk men hate that. Good men are like, no problem. I think it would be annoying. That's why I'm not a good boyfriend. I would find that so annoying. I'd be like, I, you don't get to take it then if you can't fit it. I think you're projecting a little bit from friend stuff because there is a certain people in our lives who in the past have not liked to carry purses. So those with purses are responsible for carrying those people's items in their purses in places like Las Vegas. And I'm always the one with the purse. Yeah. And I am also always the one with the purse. So I'm saying you don't like it when it's your friend. If she just had a cell phone, he's fine with it. Me, I'm like, can you carry this tiny pore filler and this tiny lip liner and this tiny other thing that I'm probably going to forget that I gave you? Right. But just in case I need my face to look better, I have to have these things. Yeah, some people don't like it, but I think some people don't mind, especially if it's just a phone. Kevin, I don't know what kind of a guy Kevin is. Kevin may have been annoyed that he had her phone, but I don't know how tiny her phone was. What's 2010? Is that candy bars? No, that's not What's candy a candy bars. bar? The little Nokia's that look like a candy bar. They're like that big. I don't know what that is. Is it a flip phone? Yeah, it's small like a flip phone. So if it's a flip phone, he doesn't even feel it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I'm picturing like an iPhone. So he doesn't know that Paula left the club shortly after him at 730 and then she disappeared without a trace. He woke up the next morning and he was worried that she wasn't there. But he felt like she was a tough girl. She had a rough life growing up. She can fend for herself. Question. Yeah. Before we move on, when he leaves the club, how far are they from the hotel that they're staying at? He gets a cab to the hotel, right? Yeah, I believe so. Without his credit card? Maybe he had more than one. Maybe he had one. Good point. So how is she going to call for a cab without her phone? And when he's at the hotel and sees her phone in his pocket, clearly the next thing that you're doing is you're going back to the club, right, to make sure that she's okay because she can't call you. Well, I think he assumed she'll find somebody to call a cab for her. I'm sure the club can just wave down cabs in Miami. I'm sure there's cabs circling and you can just wave them down. That was what I was hoping. Okay, so you think that. Okay. But there's lots of things that should have caused alarm, like he should have not left her there. But I don't know if that's necessarily one of them, because I probably think, especially at... At 7.30? Yeah. Yeah, I probably think so. So she had had a difficult life growing up. She had no dad growing up and lots of stepdads, like a revolving door of stepdads kind of thing. And at 14, she was dating a 29-year-old man. Wow. So that man should be in jail. So it was not her mother who had a problem with this. It was her sister, who we meet, who's lovely. Kelly. A good Kelly. We've had some good Kellys and some bad Kellys. She's on this side of good. She called the police on him, even though the mother was like fine with it and let them keep dating. So the sister Kelly called Child Protective Services on the mom for letting her date this guy when she was 14 and he was 29. 
there's a lot of issues going on in this family. So yeah, there's some stuff. It It's just, it's sad. So the guy was put in jail for two years. Should have been longer. Because Paula waited until he was released and they started dating again, which put her at 16, which I guess was the age of consent at that time. And he was 31. 31. Oof. 16. Okay. Yeah. So okay. Her sister said she wanted to be Barbie growing up and she had like over 500 Barbies. Well, the world of modeling wasn't taken by her Barbie looks, as Dennis says, strip clubs were. God almighty. Dennis. 500 Barbies though? Yeah, that's a lot and very expensive. That's got to be an exaggeration, How much money is that? Aren't they expensive? Well, I mean, maybe they're getting them like the fake ones or whatever. The ones that aren't Barbie, they're... Darby, Darby the fake Barbie. So wait a minute. So, like she's got one weird eye. Yeah. So wait a minute. Where do you even keep 500 Barbies? I bet she must have had a case of some sort, like a display case for that size, type of collection. She might have, she must have had a room, like a room, a whole room for the Barbies. Yeah, that's Barbie room. We don't go in there. And Darby's in there too. I don't know. That's weird. There's a, so there's lots of red flags here. One is the revolving door of stepdads. One is the f- dating of, at 14, a 29-year-old. And one is 500 Barbies that may have needed their own room. Um, but people are going to write me and go, my sister had 600 Barbies and she was totally okay. Didn't need therapy at all. And I'll say, good for you. I didn't even know there were 500 Barbies, I guess is what I'm saying. Well, how many professions are there in the world? Are there more than 500 professions? They made a new one for each profession. So if you're playing with Barbies from like, say, age five to 12, that's seven years, what's 500 divided by seven? That's 71 Barbies a year. 71 Barbies a year. That's insane. How many is that a month? That's almost six Barbies per month. So that's more than one a week. That's like one and a half Barbies a week. Yeah, over a Barbie a week. Was I wrong? Did they not say 500 Barbies? Seven years you're getting a Barbie a week. Maybe it started earlier than five. And we're going to expand it out. Maybe it's a Barbie every other week. I would think five was on the early side. (laughs) No, I think five is on the late side. How much are a Barbie? Is Barbie like $20? I would say 20 is a fair estimate. So 500 times 20. Maybe the mom, one of her boyfriends worked for Mattel. Okay. And had the hookup. Or the fake company that made Darby's. Nutel. Nutel. Uh. Which is a sister company to Nutella. To Nutella. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. So she started becoming a dancer at these strip clubs and was saving her tips to go to college. Good for her. So Dennis said, I feel bad saying this, but like Dennis said these things and Dateline said these things. So I feel badly because I know I'm going to get heat for I'm not shaming sex workers at all. I'm not shaming exotic dancers at all. Dennis says this, is not Kimberly saying it. Just want to be really clear. Dennis says she seemed to like being the girl on the pole. I mean, maybe that's fair. It's a valid form of exercise now. No, I think she honestly did from what her family's telling us is that she's like, look, the money is really good. I'm going to continue to do this. And she loved attention from men. Exactly. She makes no bones about it that she really enjoys that kind of attention. So I think she sort of felt like as long as I've got my looks, I'm going to continue to pursue these other things. But in the meantime, I'm going to make some money. 
Nothing wrong with that. They can make so much money. Yes, ma'am. My body, I don't feel like there's that that big of a market for it. But do you think there's a short Jewish girl market? Yes. Who's in her middle ages now, so things are sagging. I think it's better if you dress like you're from the middle ages. So like medieval (laughs) short Jewish girl who dresses like she's in the middle ages. Like I'm going to a Ren fair. But it's more in a LARPing community. So I'm going to set you up with some people in some emails and see how you do. Love it. I've always wanted to LARP. I'm down to LARP. So the sister says, which I said, I'm glad the sister agrees with me that I don't feel so bad saying it. She was seeking the love that she didn't get from a father, basically. That makes me sad, though. It's so sad. It's so sad. Don't say that. Don't. The sister shouldn't have said that. I feel like that's too personal. I'm protective. She says a lot of stuff about her sister, even though she loves her. I think she's getting ready for people to really harshly judge her sister. So she's coming out of the gate being like, look, I get it. You're going to think this, but here's the truth of it. None of that matters. What matters is that she was a good person and a human. By the time the Dateline was on, this story was out in the media and stuff, and the media probably was saying not nice things, I'm sure. Probably not. So she definitely was defensive and for good reason. So then Paula met Kevin and he loved her. He was okay with her being an exotic dancer because she was making a lot of money. Mm -hmm. And with that money, they were able to move to Los Angeles. Then he lost all of his money in the housing bubble. So she kept dancing and that supported both of them. Now we go back to the hotel and the $700 tickets and What kind of money does he actually have? And how is he affording $700 scalp tickets? Do they share finances? Is it like his bank account too? I'm more thinking that she bought the tickets. And he's saying now because she's not here to be like, you didn't buy those tickets. I bought those tickets. (gasps) That's horrible. I know. I hope it's not true. She's going to haunt you, Kevin. That's what happens if you make up those kind of lies. You get haunted, bro. I hope it's not true. I kind of think it's funny, and I think she might be haunting him, and that makes me kind of happy. He takes a hot shower, and when he comes out, on the mirror is written 750. She's written on, I don't want to be friends, in the foam on the thing. Sorry, that's from Bad Romance. (laughs) So at this point, Kevin is, it's very strange. He's speaking to Dennis, and in the middle of a sentence, he breaks down crying. Yeah, what gets him? I couldn't figure it out. What's the thing that gets him? Or was that a jump cut from something else? I feel like it had to be because he's saying, I don't even remember what he was talking about. I don't either. Putting up flyers or something. He's crying hard, though. Hard, but it's literally, he's fine one second, and then all of a sudden he turns his head and he's crying. I couldn't tell if it was real tears. Did you notice if it was real tears? Oh, it looked like real tears to me. It looked like full on Mm-hmm. little mini breakdown. He was saying that he was going back and forth between calling hospitals and the prison, like the jail. He would call the police station. He would call the hospitals. He would call the police station. He would call the hospital, like back and forth. And that's when he started crying. So it's too early to file a police report. He goes around town. He's asking homeless people if they had seen her. He hires a private detective, a private investigator. Like straight off the bat. Like before he files the police report, he hires the PI named Dave Wasser, who has a cop mustache. Wouldn't be surprised if he used to be a cop. And the PI 
joins forces with the police. They go to the club. Here we go. Yeah. At the club. The front door bouncer says she left the club by herself. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's the start of it. Kevin calls the medical examiner's office and says, have you seen a body? And they said, we're sending a detective over. Oh, my God. You know that's horrible. My stomach just dropped. No. The worst. So they ask about body piercings because they have these two posts that they show him that are piercings that are burned up, like charred. Oh, my God. And he says, no, I don't think so. But oh, my God, the horror. The horror. Burned. Yeah. Piercings. And then they pull out a photo of an earring and Kevin knew it was her from the earring. Did he oh not recognize God. the piercings? No, because they were burnt. And also all piercings kind of look, unless they had like something very special to them. I mean, it could be anybody's, right? There's nothing distinct. Yeah. So, no. And also, you see a pair of burnt piercings, you're going to really want it to not be correct. That's true. So it's got to be something undeniable. Yeah. Like good an earring. Good point. Okay, so the earring was found near a burning dumpster with a person inside. And the dental records matched to Paula. Dennis asked the detective, who would do this, take us into their heads. And it's somebody that's very comfortable in their surroundings. They would have a lot to lose if a body was found. I would think most people would have a lot to lose if a body was found. But they thought they were going to burn up all the evidence, like DNA and everything. So police first look at Kevin, of course. And Dennis says... Well, in addition to talking to Kevin, you'd want him to strip off his clothes, see if he's got any defensive marks. And when Dennis said strip off his clothes, I out loud said, Dennis, are you upset because Dennis is talking about stripping off clothes and using phrases like boom shakalaka? Are you worried like Katie and I are that we will never be referred to as boom shakalaka again because our youth has passed? Sigh. BetterHelp may be the answer. BetterHelp offers therapy with a licensed professional therapist inside the privacy of your own home. With BetterHelp, you can start communicating with someone in under 24 hours. You can schedule weekly video or phone sessions, but you can also send a message to your counselor at any time. Like maybe you're one of those drunk girls at the club that's always crying in the bathroom and your friends are getting tired of calming you down. Kimberly. (laughs) I knew that was coming. You can't set me up like that. Set it up. You could message your counselor from the bathroom instead. So many people have been using BetterHelp that they're recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. Counselors specialized in issues like depression, anxiety, relationships, trauma, the general stress that we all feel that comes from being alive. BetterHelp is easy. It's totally confidential. It's affordable. What are you waiting for? We want you to start living a happier life today. As a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting BetterHelp.com dot com forward slash dateline join over one million people taking charge of their mental health that's better help h-e-l-p dot com forward slash dateline because everyone deserves a little better help yay good job nailed it to the club back to the club what is love I can't do that head thing very well. I don't know if I can do it either. See, that comes with age, too. No more boom shakalaka. I can't remember how they did their heads even. So Dennis is showing off that he knows what the cops are talking about. He's saying, like, you're going to bring Kevin in. Take off your clothes. We're going to take some pictures. Sit down. We're going to have some questions for you. It's going to be a while. Get comfortable. (laughs) He's saying all this. Like, he knows the procedure. 
Was Dennis a detective? If Dennis was not a detective in a previous life, that is a shame. Because he should have been a detective in the 1940s. Was like Perry Mason patterned after Dennis? I think Dennis was patterned after Perry Mason. Oh, okay. So Kevin and Paula had a violent history of domestic violence between them. Here we go. Now this is when it starts to sort of, we get it. I was thinking he was just an Ed Hardy type douchebag, but then now he might be like, oh, actual worse than a douchebag. I was rooting for you to just be an Ed Hardy douchebag. So they would fight. One time she hit him with a bottle or almost hit him through a bottle at him. And then another time he broke her nose. And I was like, Kevin, you're dead to me now. And so this is very serious, right? This is when we go to, oh, okay, you're breaking a nose. So you're hitting her in the face with either your hand or an object. Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. No, none of it's okay. Don't go to Miami with him. No, that's a good point. So then Dateline does this thing I've not seen before where there's a TV and we see news footage talking about the case, a local reporter, and then an unknown entity changes the channel to another local reporter talking about the case. And you see static. It's like, and they found the body in the, and in the dumpster, there was, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, Dateline Who Poltergeist. Who was changing the channel? A Poltergeist? Dennis? Yeah. Poltergeist. Polter Dennis. Maybe it was supposed to be Kevin, and he's watching the news about himself, but we don't see Kevin. Oh, okay. I like that. That's very artsy. Interesting. Okay. I'll take it under consideration. I, will, I look forward to your ruling. <laughs> so then there's this dude behind Paula and Kevin at the Lady Gaga concert. This is just a plain old douchebag to me. So he goes on TV, like on the local news, with a suit and tie on. Unsure why. Oh, you didn't know? Kimberly, he's important. He needs to wear a suit and tie to work. If you, I'm sorry, maybe you didn't catch it, so I'll just tell you. I didn't. I didn't know. Okay. Well, now you know. This was before that suit and tie song by Justin Timberlake, so I didn't know what the suit and tie actually What's meant. What's this guy's name? Andrew? What's his name? This guy that's going on TV. Did we get a name from him? Yes, it is John Williams. And not the composer. That's a fake name. That's not his real name. His real name is Andrew John Williams. He's not the composer. He's the poser. Oh, Katie just dabbed. Oh, my God. I've never seen you do that before. It was not a good joke. Come on. You got to dab. Composer. I, so I just was a poser. That was my poser move. Come on. I feel like you would have made that joke. I and would've. I would have groaned. Exactly. So we're right at that. We're just at ground zero. I would have been supportive and I would have been like, good joke. You know what? Are you for real? You're not good at this and you tried. I'm sorry. I'm so supportive of 99% of things. Yes, that was a good attempt. Adam, highlight that joke. If there's any way to highlight it. (laughs) Take a highlighter to that. Take a highlighter to that joke. We need a, what is it called? But um bum. That's what we Yeah, need. we do need a sound effect. That'd be yeah. great. Or a oh everybody likes saying yes. that. Yeah, I wonder if that's a free sound. I gotta figure that out. Okay. Next or we just get a bunch of people together after COVID and we have them we record them saying, Oh, and then we own it. Oh no shit. Why she can't didn't. we have people do that on a Zoom call? Oh yeah, we could. Yeah, there we go. Oh. So this dude 
John Williams, not the composer, the poser, oh, he goes on TV and says that Kevin was acting aggressive and pushing through the crowd. Ooh. Even though the cell phone footage that he has of Paula and Kevin, they're just dancing and enjoying the concert. And if he had footage of Kevin being aggressive and pushing through the crowd, he would have showed it. Totally 100% agree. And I think that, if anything, this guy was the guy pushing through the crowd. This guy wants his 10 seconds of fame. You can read it from the 10 seconds that we see him on Dateline. No, he's been second all his life. So he has a very famous name. Yeah, that's true. He's the lesser. He's the poser, Kimberly. So you're attributing to his... I see. It's, it's my fault. He has like whatever Napoleon complex is, but for people who have the same name as famous celebrities. What's that called? I don't know. There has to be a name for the it. The Michael Jackson phenomenon. Right. Because there's a lot of Michael Jacksons in the world. I went to school with a Michael Jackson. See, and there's a guy who used to call into our work and he would say it's Michael Jackson and he would do a laugh every time because he knew he was going to get a reaction, but we knew that he called. So we didn't find it that funny anymore. And he would do it like to get that shock every time. And I was like, doesn't that get old? Wouldn't you just go by Mike? What if you're just not a Mike, though? I would go by my middle name then. I couldn't deal with it. What if your name was Michael Tito Jackson? <laughs> <laughs> I would rather be associated with Tito then, to be perfectly honest. What if you had no choice? If just everything, just your parents had just done you wrong. Michael, Tito, Jermaine, Janet, Jackson. You had no choice. No choice. So there's a new lead. Paula had sent a text message to an alleged boyfriend saying, he's trying to kill me about Kevin. Also, I want to point out at this point, we see a newspaper called the Daily News, which is using the worst photographs of her, which I know the media was disrespectful. They have one of her in lingerie and one of her when she has brown hair. If they actually cared about helping get a lead on her or anything like that to find the person who did it, they probably would have chosen a photo that looked like she looked the night she went missing and not in lingerie. That really bothers me. To me, that says she's asking for it is what the, those pictures like that they're presenting mean. It's and the headline was Playboy model killed. Yeah. Come on. How about just model? It's for the sensationalism. Or like young dancer killed. Whatever clickbait was when it's not online. Tabloid fodder. Yeah, exactly. It sucks. Yeah, it really does. Paula's mom says that Paula was terrified of Kevin. She said she was hiding from the beast. Mom, we heard about you. Okay, lady. Who's the guy? Who's the silent snowman sitting next to her? The guy with the white hair sitting next to mom. Stepdad number seven? Well, he certainly has a lot to say in the little thing that I watched. He's got a lot to say about the situation. He doesn't say anything in Dateline. Also, we don't hear very much from the mom. We only get really interviews with Kevin and the sister Kelly. Why aren't we getting more interviews with mom? She didn't want to go on Dateline. They're only using news footage of her. Oh, that was just news footage? I thought that was an actual interview. No, that was news footage. Oh, Okay. Excuse me. But who is the guy? I don't know. They didn't say in the thing you watched? No, they didn't introduce him. I think they said stepdad, but they didn't say which one. Yeah. So it was the stepdad at the time she went missing. Did he actually know her? Yes, he seemed to act like he knew her. 
and was disapproving a bit. I was like, Mom, okay, it's all right that you're saying this about Kevin, but we have heard some things about you, sis, and you were okay with her dating a 29-year-old when she was 14, so take several seats. I'm done with you. Now, Dennis goes on location to the club. Well, it's empty, which is how Dennis is used to seeing the club because when he goes out on the dance floor and breaks out those sweet, sweet moves, it clears the place because no one can compete. And they're like, I give up. Cabbage Patch. Cabbage Patch. Maybe the Freddy from Troop Beverly Hills. There's one dance called the Wonky Scarecrow. Yeah, then that one. I don't know what it is, but yes. I made it up. (laughs) It's for lanky people. Because that's how you look when you dance. So if you make it into a move, it works. No, you know, he does the sprinkler. Oh, yeah. You know where you put Uh, your head? uh, Yeah, he uh, definitely uh, does the sprinkler, I think. Okay, I like the sprinkler. So the police think it's Kevin. Dennis says he was falling behind the curve on where the finger of suspicion pointed. I feel like there's a mixed metaphor. I couldn't quite follow that sentence. He needed to just get through that one. He needed to say it real fast and move on. But I'm pausing. I rewound several times. Yeah, don't do that. We've already established Dennis's quotes don't make as much sense when you try to break them down. So meanwhile, the PI that Kevin hired was also investigating. So he interviewed people who hung out at the club and he handed out flyers. He felt like Kevin was innocent and he was totally on it. And he thought Kevin was just an Ed Hardy douchebag guy, but not a murderer. I mean, Kevin seems like he's looking for her. He does all of the things that you're supposed to do right away. He's like kind of in panic mode. Yeah. And I don't feel like if you put someone in a dumpster, you're panicking. It's a different kind of feeling. You're panicking for a different reason. Right. Paula's sister, Kelly, also doesn't believe that Kevin did it. She believes he shouldn't have left her that night and he has to live with that the rest of his life, but that he didn't do it. So I was like, she does not believe the mom. I love Kelly. Kelly and her mom do not get along. They would not be seen together. That's probably they had to pick who which one was going to come on Dateline. Kelly was oh, like, maybe. that'll be me, mom. <laughs> so Kelly says that they got along great when they weren't drinking, Kevin and Paula. Also, she says that Paula was drinking and on diet pills, and that combo would make her kind of crazy. So she sort of lays a lot of the blame at her sister's feet when it came to their fighting. She also says the broken nose was a total accident. So we don't know who to believe. I mean, we trying to believe the victim. Kelly seems very reliable, too. She does, which is unfortunate because at this point, I kind of want Dennis to ask him about the broken nose and be like, can you tell us what happened that night? And also, are the charges that were pressed about the broken nose or something else? Because I feel like you're definitely pressing charges if someone punched you in the face and broke your nose. Right. And he did have some charges, but there were so many incidences with them, it sounded like, that I'm not sure which ones it was for. It sounds like they were a fiery, not good mix. Yes, absolutely. But we are categorically saying domestic violence of any sort from a man or from a woman not 100% because they say it was on both sides. There are charges on both sides in all these cases. Both of them need to be in therapy and away from each other. Away from each other. Yes. There we go. So the text that she sent to the ex-boyfriend saying he's trying to kill me, Dennis says that turned out to be less than advertised. Ha! And then he says it was moldy old. 
Oh, Kev. He said moldy old. He He's crushing it. He is crushing it. He said the boyfriend, there's, it was a shaky source that said that. It was her ex-boyfriend, the one that was jailed for having sex with her as a minor. So he's apparently not the most reliable of sources. Also, the mom is the one that brought up that she was texting her ex-boyfriend. Is the mom still in contact with the 29-year-old convict? What is the deal of this mom and that grown man? Did she like him? That's what I thought. Did she really want him as a son-in-law or did she really want to date him herself? So Club Space has 30 security cameras, but none of them face the sidewalk. So that's helpful. They almost all face the bar to keep the employees honest. That made me giggle. It just shows you where their priorities are at. Yeah, it does. I was like, all right, that makes sense. (laughs) It does, but at the same time, like, do you care about your patrons at all? No, Kimberly, no. No, you don't. No. The answer to that is no. Yeah. So as then Dennis says, it turned out that the 26-year-old dancer who so loved the lens had one final scene before the camera. There's a few seconds of grainy surveillance footage. There's one camera that shows her leaving the club. And it shows Kevin leaving five minutes earlier. So the cops believe he left by himself. Maybe he's innocent. The time of that is a problem for me. I'm just going to say that right now. We can talk about it more at the end. But the time of him leaving and her leaving is a problem. If I am understanding what you're saying, it's very easy that he could have left five minutes earlier and then just waited around the corner for her and then still killed her. Is that what you're saying? The time codes that I saw on the clock were he left at 717. Uh-huh. She was ousted at 721, not 730, 721. But that's four minutes. That means he didn't even hesitate to jump into a cab and speed away. Four minutes. Because as Dateline explains, or maybe giving him the benefit of the doubt, she had said she was staying. And he didn't know that the club's policy is to kick out both people if there's an argument. So he thought by all accounts she was staying because that's why they fought in the first place. She was staying. I would still wait a hot 10 minutes. Would you? Yeah, I would. Even though she had said, go, I'm staying, I'm staying, I'm going to be here. They've been in this relationship long enough that he should know she's going to get bored, get weirded out or whatever. She's Maybe she doesn't. Maybe she's the kind of person who stays all night. We're in a strange city, so I don't want her to be unsafe. So I'll just wait. What time did the club end? Oh, not till the afternoon. Not till the afternoon of the next day. I mean, I would have gotten a coffee and sat around on a stupor, I guess. and waited. I probably honestly would have waited an hour. But I'm saying at least wait 10 minutes. Four minutes, Kimberly. Four. They keep saying she left at 7.30. The time code is 7.21. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it doesn't bother me that much because I think he was mad. He said he was mad. And he didn't think she was coming out. He thought she was staying. So, But you got to give me that it doesn't look great, that it's so fast after that she came out and he said he was gone. That just makes him a horrible boyfriend. Are you saying you think he's suspicious? Yes, I'm saying it's suspicious. She came out very, very soon. So if he had walked down the street to look for a cab and walked back, could have seen her coming out of the club or could have seen her walking down the street with the stranger. Right. Where is the yellow cab 
receipt that we have for him showing up? Where's the video surveillance showing him going into the hotel at 735? Yeah, those are really good questions. Where's that footage? I'm not sure if they are. I can't remember if we saw them. Is that hotel have their cameras trained at the front (laughs) door, man, to make sure that he's not stealing tips? Because what's going on, right? It's so frustrating. You know they stayed at a nice hotel. Yeah, no, that's true. And even if not, maybe one of the front desk people remembered what time he came in, you know? Also, how about key card? Key card checking what time the room is like. That's true. In and out of the room. The police do kind of investigate him, though. He's their first suspect. So I feel like they probably did check this stuff. I wish they would have told us because they obviously did because they kind of released him as a suspect at some point. So I would really like to know what caused them to say, "Okay, it definitely wasn't him. Yeah. So the club security chief, which is a funny title, saw her walk away. He says with an African-American man and he's very detailed So Mm -hmm. detailed for something that happened a while ago. Right. At 7.30 in the morning. A light-skinned, full beard, but very well-groomed beard. Six-foot-tall, average build. He said they were walking off holding hands as if they were a couple. And Kevin says she was too savvy to go off with a stranger. She knew how to take care of herself, and she wouldn't do that. So he thinks it was someone that had been hitting on her during the night that would still make the person a stranger but i think he's trying to say someone that she had flirted with back and that it wasn't just someone literally walking up to her outside of the club yeah Yeah. uh and then she went with them so he and the pi watched the surveillance footage again this is the grainiest surveillance footage in the world yeah it is thank god she has platinum blonde hair because that's like the only way that you could see that it was even her So it looks like two club employees are following her too closely out of the club. So they start to think that it's suspicious and these club employees were into her. It's very hard to tell from the footage. The police talk to the door guys as if they're persons of interest. Dennis tries to get the detective to say more about this. And the detective says it's an open case and he won't say if they've been cleared or not. He won't say if the bouncers have been cleared. Yes. Okay. Very interesting. Mm -hmm. So Kevin thinks that there is a conspiracy plot amongst the club workers Mm -hmm. to, as Dennis says, make a play for the hottie left behind by her boyfriend, Dennis. I mean, I've heard dumber things. Honestly, I am there for it. I kind of feel it. I'm glad that we are on the same page. I'm not writing it off. I'm not either. Not a bit. Has us watching so much Dateline made us that suspicious of every group of people that are working together ever? And now you're scared to ever visit a restaurant again because you might get your order of ravioli with a side dish of kidnapping or human trafficking. I could say that, yes. Yeah. So get fresh, pre-measured ingredients and mouthwatering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door with HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. HelloFresh lets you skip those trips to the grocery store. It makes home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. With HelloFresh, over 90% of their ingredients are sourced directly from growers to ensure the freshest recipes are delivered straight to your door. Unlike the watermelons that my mom got last week 
and wanted to return to the grocery store because they weren't red enough on the inside. Oh, my. You can easily change your delivery days of the week or your food preferences. You can skip a week whenever you need to. HelloFresh is very flexible. Also, the packaging they use to ship your food is almost entirely made from recyclable and or already recycled content. And you can feel really good about going with HelloFresh because they're taking extra steps to keep their employees and customers safe, including contactless delivery tamper-proof packaging, and team member wellness checks. So you can feel really, really safe about the stuff that you're getting and bringing into your home. So go to HelloFresh.com forward slash Dateline80 and use code Dateline80. You know why there's an 80 there? Why? Because you're going to get a total of $80 off your first month. Woo! Including free shipping on your first box. I can't believe it. Additional restrictions may apply. So visit HelloFresh.com for more details. Don't say we didn't warn you. But again, go to HelloFresh.com forward slash Dateline80 and use code Dateline80 to get a total of $80 off your first month, including free shipping on your first box. That is so awesome. I'm so excited. I feel like a lot of people are going to try it and send us yummy pictures of their food. Yeah, absolutely. Please tag us in your pictures. Yeah. Uh, Thank you, HelloFresh. Kimberly, I have a call for you. Can I put it through? Sure. Hello? Fresh. (laughs) So Kevin thinks there's this big conspiracy, and Katie and I are kind of into it, which I'm really shocked. Like, I'm shocked that I'm into it, and I'm more shocked that you're into it but I'm happy that we're into it. We have nothing else. We don't. It's true. And I can kind of see that happening and not just in a movie. Still, it's the kind of thing where you're like, okay, this is a club that has interesting hours for alcohol Mm -hmm. because they have them through the morning. So they don't cut off last call at 2 a.m. They obviously have to overlook drug use at this place, right? Of course, obviously. Yeah. And so I'm just saying this is a club that has a deal with local law enforcement, have two of their own gone rogue Mm. and done something not great, done something awful to cover it. And then we're kind of smoothing this and looking in other directions because we don't want it to be that. But the cop didn't say no. I thought he was going to because when Dennis asked the cop, he says he kind of scoffs. But then he says, I mean, it's viable. And I thought, what? I thought you, I was bet money he was going to say, no, I don't think that's viable. He says it's viable, but not the best lead we have. So like, they're not pursuing it. He didn't, he didn't just say no, which is very interesting. Yeah. So the front door manager, this bouncer, the one who said that it was the guy with the beard, he is on the camera leaving And he remembers that night, his moves to a T. Like he remembers which way he walked, which foot he put in front of the other first. He remembers exactly which way he went. And he says he went to check and then he came back in. He says the idea that the club workers got rid of Kevin so they could prey on Paula, which is not really what I thought Kevin was saying, but totally does make, I mean, if they kicked him out over a non-kick outable offense, just to get rid of the boyfriend right? so they could prey on her because she was causing such a stir and they all had thoughts for her. 
Like, I am suspicious. But he says that their staff has to clock in and out with a fingerprint reader, and they were all accounted for, like, at, by the end of the shift, no one had gone missing or anything. But I don't think they're accounted for every hour or every few hours. How are they accounted for? What does it matter that they have a fingerprint scanner if the two guys are bouncers and they work the door? So they're constantly outside. I think he means they check in on their shift and out and no one checked out early or something. But they wouldn't have to check out early. They work the door. They were outside and they... Right, so the other guys cover for them and the, you know? Yeah, no, I totally agree that it doesn't make, it doesn't seem like a good alibi. But it sounds good, so. So he says the guy with the beard that night with Paula wasn't in the club that night. And he knows for a fact because that guy was wearing shorts, new information, and they have a dress code policy. So he never could have gotten in with shorts. Then two Mm. weeks after the murder, they thought they saw the same guy outside of the club. So they call the cops and the police come and question him and they let him go because it turns out it wasn't him. How do they know? They don't know who that guy is. They need to tell us. Unless the guy they question has like a passport in his wallet and it says that he was out of the country two weeks ago, then they could see it wasn't him. But I don't know how they know it wasn't him. I didn't either. I didn't get that. It doesn't make sense. Meanwhile, Kevin leaves Miami, pleads guilty to a misdemeanor for one of the domestic violence charges, and tries to get on with his life. Police still consider him a person of interest at this point. Sister Kelly stays in Miami to keep the case alive. She's giving TV interviews. She's working with the PI. She's a big sister, Nancy Drew. Can't remember if I said that or if Dennis said that. Dennis must have said it. Dennis said it, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't sound like me. It's too, it's too clever for me. So she puts up a reward with her own money, $15,000, and the club doubles it, which is nice, but is it the least they could do because they killed her? Is it too nice? Or some might say suspiciously generous. Yeah. But what does Dennis think that that reward money is for? I know you got this quote. Oh, God, maybe I didn't. I don't think I did. The $30,000, what it is, is it's a lubricant for reluctant tipsters. No. (laughs) How did you miss the lubricant for reluctant tipsters? You know, like when you have trauma and you completely block something out in in your past. I don't remember him saying that at all. So I feel like that's what happened to me. Okay. Well, that was said and I heard it. So I had to live through it. I'm so sorry. Now you had to live through it too and all of our listeners. Sorry, Misery guys. loves company. Yep. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's great. So one month after the murder, there's a dramatic development. Police now have a sketch of the man because there's a new witness who got a look at the man dead on. Why are all these people suddenly remembering? It's lubricant, the lube. It was 7.30 in the morning and he remembers from a month ago exactly what this guy looks like? No. So this man walked towards Paula, they talked and walked off. I do want to know if this man who saw him says that he was wearing shorts or not. Because I want, I'm suspicious of this head of security guy who said that he was wearing shorts. Okay. Kevin sees this sketch and thinks he recognized someone that he saw at the club that night. 
guess who? A bouncer at the club. There we go. Kevin is doubling down on his conspiracy theory. And I love it. I out loud said, ooh, because I thought he was going to say like a patron, a guy who was flirting with her. No. Yeah. Bouncer. He thinks it was someone that checked her ID at the door. So he was scoping her out from the beginning. Kevin goes to Miami undercover because he doesn't want the club to know that he's onto their scheme. Couldn't get another word out. So I'm going to go with scheme. He is wearing a hat, which I think is all his un- his undercover consists of. Maybe. Yeah. Kangle. Fake glasses. Just look like a Kangle hat. Yeah. So he says that when he shows up, all of the door guys and the security staff are all different. They've switched everyone out. Crazy. To me, it sounds like that TV show with Jason Ritter and he goes on a cruise with his girlfriend and then she goes missing and he goes to the people on the ship and he says, my girlfriend's missing. And they said, you came on the ship alone, sir. And then he says, no, I'm not. And she was staying in this room and they go to her room and there's like a married couple staying there and they show him a picture of him boarding the ship by himself. And he's like Twilight Zone, but it turns out it's this whole big conspiracy thing. Of course. I'll look up what that show's called. It sounds great. I think it went off the rails pretty quickly, but I enjoyed the pilot. Now, the club says to this, baloney. Baloney. That should be one of your new taglines because you say it very well. You know, it's me doing Bianca Del Rio doing Judge Judy. You, I would never have known. It's, again, me copying Drag Race, someone copying someone else. That's fine. Are we all just copying someone else? Are, is anyone a, an authentic person? Is anyone like an authentic person anymore? I don't think so. So he says that the club is all into it. They say, baloney. We don't know who to believe. The club owner, if anyone would be an owner of a shady club that might be running a sex trafficking ring or a kidnapping ring, I feel like it would be this man. He seemed so perfect that he would be like the actor playing the guy in the movie. Is this club still running? Is I don't even know if it's on Google because the way they made it sound was like they had to hear about it from somebody else. It's like a secret word of mouth place. It seemed very big for a secret word of mouth place. It didn't seem like there was a hidden door or anything. Like you had to have a special knock. So the club owner tells Dennis that they have the pay stubs to prove that their staff is the same as it was then. Oh, that's just creepy. They all got new faces? I don't know. How deep does this rabbit hole go? Because I don't generally believe in conspiracy theories. I generally don't. But you like to talk about them. I love talking about them, but not the ones that hurt people, like the ones that are on the internet now. I feel like this is fascinating. Yeah. I feel like you know where this goes, Katie? All the way to the top. Mm-hmm. Because that's what they say on those shows. I was just going to say all the way to the top, but I had a drink in my mouth. Dang it. Okay. <laughs> Don't they always say that? This goes all the way to the top. <laughs> no, or this goes further than you think, or this goes higher than you want to get involved with. Yes. And then someone will be like, what do you mean? And then someone else will go, the White House. That's how high this goes. Which branch? executive. Yeah. That's what happens. I could write that movie. I couldn't write that movie. I don't know what I'm talking about. 
Okay, go ahead. Oh, my God. So police say that none of the bouncers match the sketch of the guy. But we think they're making up the guy, too. And we think they have new faces. So check their old IDs. Check before they did the face-off procedure that was popularized by John Travolta and Nicolas Cage. They're in Miami. This could be happening in Miami. I don't know what goes on there. Oh, plastic surgery capital. That's where that Nip Tuck show happened. See, okay. So this does. This is... Checks out. Mm. So... Dennis says he hopes that because you couldn't keep your eyes off of her, that'll help get answers. I thought it was a very sweet thing. Because she was so eye-catching, people will remember and maybe have seen something. The sad thing is that's probably true. Yeah. It probably helps her case that she's a Barbie and not a Darby. She's memorable. She sticks out in your head because she's wearing this dress and she has this really extra long. And they're saying she's blonde. She is platinum blonde. Platinum. So her hair is like snow. And it's down to there. Down to there. We don't know where there. But us? Is it like Crystal Gale? Is it down to her ankles? It's just down to her butt. But I just like that expression down to there. Because then I can say down to where. Because it's not specific at all. No, it's definitely not. Where is there? So Dennis ends it with telling us that the club is as popular as it ever was. No one seems to be worried about a hunter in their midst, which is no surprise, really, because even after this pandemic is over, people are going to flock back to the clubs because when you feel that in your soul, you have to answer. If you have the dance inside of you, the dance must come out. It's the call of the club. Mm-hmm. It can't be contained. Do you want to do outside information? That video you watched? It was more just that the mom is in it a lot more and the dad. And he's kind of negative about, I told her this was the lifestyle or whatever. He's kind of grouchy. Oh, that's not nice. They're much more judgy than parents are, even though we know mom wasn't judgy. Right. She was like, go for it, girl. Yeah. And then they talk about the domestic violence. Pretty sure Kevin didn't do it. The cops are not looking at Kevin anymore because his alibi was so solid that there's no way he could have done it. The way he was looking for her right away, he seemed legitimately like he didn't do it. They also definitely seem to be looking for someone with a vehicle because the dumpster that she was found in was 10 miles away from the club. That's a good point. And she was seen sort of going towards the back parking lot, which also makes me think that that's where employees park. So she's going towards this back parking lot, and then she's found the next time 10 miles away. So it had to be somebody because they said there's no cab receipts going to that dumpster. Like, you'd think you'd have a body with you. You're not taking a cab. And they didn't have a car with them. Kevin and Paula didn't have a car. So it had to be someone with their own vehicle. I don't know about this whole thing gives me the willies. This whole thing is suspicious. And the fact that it's not solved. The funny thing is I have, this is like the third time I've seen this one because I actually had picked this for a double date, but I stopped because it's not solved. And I remembered you had said, don't do the ones that don't have an ending. Really? There are just so many Dennis Zingers that I kind of felt like it would be a crime not to talk about Boom Shakalaka. Just people don't generally don't like them and Dateline has stopped doing them. I generally don't like them. I'm furious. This is one of the rare ones that you will find, especially recently, they never do them. They have completely stopped doing them because people don't like them. I kind of think that like 
some of these, you know, like most wanted things like that, you do get the word out when you do once in a while sprinkle in an episode where it's unsolved because maybe something new would happen. Well, that unsolved mysteries. Well, A, there was a funny meme that I posted this week that was like that Kim told me about. There was like me watching a show called Unsolved Mysteries narrator and the case is not solved. And then it's a lady just looking at the screen with so much disappointment. It's like, that's the title of the show. But still, I'm surprised every time when it's not solved. But this new one on Netflix, I feel like they're going to get a lot of hits. But they've picked cases that are very solvable. Like they have a suspect in mind. They just need more evidence. So for most of their episodes. And this one is really, you need a ton of new stuff because they don't even have a person. You almost need a new investigation team. Even though I didn't hate that detective, you almost need new eyes. And that guy said he regrets it to this day. He says it's the case that haunts him because he didn't solve it. And there's nothing on the, the dumpster. There was no forensics on the dumpster at all. Fingerprints. No, because of the burning. I guess it was burning long enough. that. No, that makes sense. All right. Who are we dedicating this episode to? Sorry that it's an unsolved one. I think it's still a good one. It's still a good one. Dennis is way beyond enough. So So this episode is going to our Patroni, Auburn, and Shondell. (gasps) Now, I picked them together because they're a singing group, right? Or they are a show on the HG network, Auburn and Shondell. Yeah. It could be Shandell, but I think it's Shandell. But it's like in cursive with the ampersand. Oh, they reno houses? Yeah, they reno houses together. They flip? They flip houses? Yeah, but like somewhere beautiful. Like somewhere like Montana. Somewhere where it's really green and beautiful and they take these old properties and flip them and make them really cool and special. Could they have a singing group on the side? Like uh, as their weekend hobby? Yeah, at a local bar. But they're a big hit. They're local, but they have a following. Like the same people come to see them at all the same bars. Do they sing, closer I am to fine? Okay, then there we go. We did it. I love it. We love you guys. Thank you. Hope you enjoyed your episode. Thank you so much. it will be solved. I don't know how, but I... I don't think we're the ladies to do it. No, we are not equipped. But maybe they are. Yeah. You guys, get your detective agency going, Auburn and Shandell. Or Shandell. But I think it's Shandell. Also, really like the name Auburn. Yeah, me too. It's gorgeous. Both names are beautiful. Well done on your parents. Thank you. Well well done to your parents. Thank you so much, ladies. Thank you. So, any B-roll? There's just so much dancing, clubbing, Lady Gaga-ing, ladies in short skirt partying, just make epic Miami footage, exactly what you'd picture. I don't feel like I can go to Miami now. I'm going to have to go to a club. I don't feel like it will live up to the B-roll that we saw. And so it's not even worth it. I've decided I'm distinctly not tan enough to go to Miami. No, not from this footage. What I saw, no. You will glow in the dark as well. Yeah, I'm not. And not like how she glowed in the dark. The other way, not good. Lots of pics of Paula. Unfortunately, the one that they end on in the episode was the one I liked the least. She's wearing like a frosty lipstick. 
and it doesn't seem to be that current. And I was like, why are you ending okay, on this Okay, is it when shot? she's wearing the Britney Spears pink heart sunglasses with no frame? No, she doesn't have glasses on in the picture. Oh. But why are they ending on a picture? I just don't, we just get so many pictures of her. Especially because there are softer ones of her with puppies. There were lots of ones of her with puppies. Because she had dogs. Yeah, and so maybe use one with the puppies. And not the frosted. I don't know. I'm also kind of not happy that Dateline chose to show some of the like nudie video. Too much. It felt I'm again a little protective. I felt like it was a little too personal. We got the point without it. Like she wanted to be a model and she was fine with being nude. Which again, no shame, but I see what you're saying. There were a couple shots that were... There were long shots of Playboy video. The only reason I would say that it was okay is if it was something that she was very, very proud of, in which case I'm glad they showed it. Because then that's something that she really, really liked to show people. And the sister, Kelly, said, you know, she would really want this shown. She would have been so tickled that it would have been seen by so many people, you know? so Maybe that's true, because she did... She liked that she got into the video. She was bummed that she didn't make it to the final cut of that search. I feel like maybe Dateline wouldn't do this episode in the same way in 2020 as they did in 2010. Yeah, probably not. But that's okay. I still thought it was all right. Yeah, definitely. Okay. It might just not have aged as some of other episodes. But at the same time, it felt like it didn't need to be a two-hour So I felt like they were doing a lot of storytelling and stretching out the story, whereas you're saying, and you're correctly pointing out, there is a lot of information that we didn't find out. But it wasn't a two-hour. No, I'm saying it didn't need to be a two-hour. I don't feel like there was that much, but I still felt like there was filler, and there could have been more of the actual information, such as how was his alibi totally checked out? Right. Was there forensics done on the dumpster? You're telling me that at a club like that, there are no cameras in the parking lot to see if people are breaking into cars. What was weird, too, is the sister said that there was a club next door and a club across the street, too. But they didn't have cameras that showed anything. The footage was so grainy. This club was shady, though. It felt like it. And honestly... I could see if her mom wasn't the way she is, if her mom was a different sort of person, trying to like sue the club for neglect or something because they didn't have a better security system in terms of cameras in the club. I don't know if you're allowed to sue for something like that. I've seen, I've yeah, I've seen it. Oh, so maybe so. Do you have fashion police? No, just the Ed Hardy shirt and the lipstick and the sunglasses. Did you see Kelly and Kevin wearing the matching shirts? Did you could you manage to read what they said about Paula? No. Uh, it drove me nuts. There was a picture of her on the shirt, but I could never get a good look at what picture of her on the shirt? Of Paula. It was like a matching shirt that Kelly and Kevin were both wearing to promote Oh yeah. Yeah, I thought it just said missing or no, not missing. Sorry, if you have information or something like that. Is that what it said? I thought it said something clever. I thought it was something eye catching, but I couldn't read it. Oh, maybe. Which picture did they use of her for the shirt? Not the one they closed with. And not the sh- not the one the Daily News did when she has freaking brown hair. What are they doing? I don't get that. I don't like that at all. Did you not like basic copy editor or someone? Why would you pick that photo? 
Can someone tell us? I don't understand. Titles. Okay, let's say it at the same time on three, what this episode should have been called. Yeah. One, two, three. Boom Boom shakalaka. (laughs) How about boom shakapala? Oh, I love it. Yeah, I love it. I was playing around with Golden Girls. Honestly, I was playing around. If she was a Golden Girl, she would be Blanche. Okay. I mean, isn't that fair? I think that's fair. I don't think she's any of the Golden Girls. I think she's her own Golden Girl. I don't know. I don't see her as any of them. Is that wrong? Is there some of all of the Golden Girls in each of us? Am I doing it wrong? Yeah, no, that seems right. Inside of all of us, they they reside. Yeah, in our hearts, mm-hmm. in our minds. That, that makes sense. I have a title that just should have been, it would be like a legitimate title. What is that? Like not a jokey title. Death at the Disco. Yeah. I mean, that sounds like a Dateline episode. What about Bad Romance? Great. I kind of feel like that was an episode title, though. But maybe I'm wrong. Death at the Disco is great. So is Bad Romance. Fontaine Blue Velvet, because she wore a blue velvet dress. I love it. (laughs) All right, we're getting off. My alternative theories are Lady Gaga, and because it's a club, we're looking at a DJ. Oh, I was shocked that it wasn't, that we didn't hear more about a DJ. I was going to say, maybe they just like pump house music in, but that's still a DJ. The problem is, is a DJ has a fairly solid alibi unless they are rotating like two of them and maybe one of them went to the bathroom for like a really long time and said he had the runs. But otherwise, I don't quite see how it could be the DJ, but I still think it's the DJ. What was the capacity on the club? I'm sorry. I'm having a hard time like picturing the inside of this club because I think I'm picturing too big of a club. I'm picturing like a very large club, like a warehouse type club. The Space Miami. Famous DJs spin tunes until early morning in this trendy happening club with a rooftop terrace. Four stars. Three dollar signs. Sammy Nick is expensive to get in? Yeah. Also, it's open today until 12 a.m. It can't be open. It's COVID. That's why the spread is happening so bad. There's like an actual little alert on it. So I don't think it is. It's got oh, one of those little things. maybe COVID sensitive. I'm really just wondering what is the capacity? What is about? What is the, what's the capacity? What's the capacity, Kenneth? Okay, 500 to 600 capacity. That seems small, medium size or smallish. I don't know how big clubs are. It looks kind of big inside. Maybe it's like the TARDIS. What's that mean? The TARDIS is big inside. That's right. Does it help you to know that one of the resident DJ's name is DJ Thunder Pony? Okay, we'll leave it at that. (laughs) That's the only DJ of that lineup that I'm interested in seeing. That's great. Good for them. Oh, my God. That made me really happy. Does he wear a fake, one of those creepy horse masks? The horse head? I don't know. I hope he does something. He probably just wears like a unicorn thing. He's probably like a But thunder makes me feel like thunder down under. Like he has a thong on or something. It would be funny if he was shirtless, not in shape, with suspenders and a horse mask. That would be my favorite thing. Then you would be the best DJ of my life. That's Katie's kind of DJ. Oh, 100%. I would be standing right next to him being like, can I be your friend? That annoying DJ person. No, that annoying DJ person is one who's like, hey, what kind of system do you have there? Oh, I have one of those at home. Oh, you have a three-pronged disc changer. I have I have the four. I have the newer one. But he's just a wannabe, like doesn't actually spin. 
I'm going to be honest. I think the most annoying person in a club is a bachelorette party. I hate to say it, but there was on Canada's Drag Race, which is on right now, which has been surprisingly delightful because Canadians are so nice. You might have fun with Canada's Drag Race. They did a really hilarious skit where they were talking about drag queens need insurance. It was like a fake commercial for how drag queens need insurance against bachelorette parties because of how awful bachelorettes are at drag shows, which I 100% believe that they can be like pull off your wig. Like, will you do my makeup sometime? Like sort of pawing at the queens like they're not a human. So they were doing a fake show and the guy that was Two of them were dressed up like bachelorettes. And the guy came out and he's like, It's my special day! <laughs> and he's, he's got like a pink dress and a crown. And I was crying. And he says it like three times. It's my special day! And I, I was like, yeah, that's that tracks. That's right. That is correct. And it's not me shaming my gender. That is me saying... Facts are facts, kids. Yeah. That, that's just a personal taste. I think it's just if you're a bachelorette, don't ask the DJ for 15 different requests because it's your special day. And <laughs> if you're at a drag show, don't poke the drag queens. No, that's not They cool don't want to be touched. No, no. Thank you very much. That's I... a PSA. <laughs> With that... Wear a mask. <laughs> Wear a mask. Follow us on social media. Check out our Patreon for extra episodes every month. And thank you, thank you. Thanks, everybody. See you next time. Bye, everybody. Bye. Is the mom still in contact with the 29-year-old convict? What is the deal of this mom and that grown man? Did Do she they have like a relationship? Him? Yeah. Did, that's what I thought. Did she I was really like, okay. want him as a son-in-law? Or did she really want to date him herself? Like, what is happening there? You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of that girl. You remember she was dating the actor from Lost? And she was a girl who, um, she was like 16, real life. And she started dating that actor from Lost. And he was like a minor actor on Lost, Doug something. And they eventually went on like celebrity fix my relationship, celebrity boot camp, one of those. And she went on it with her mom to heal her relationship. And it turns out her mom had really pushed the relationship on them. The mom had been very instrumental in getting them together, even though her daughter was a minor at that time. And he was like in his 40s. It was the weirdest relationship ever. Courtney Stodden, I think her name was. Oh, Okay. And then she did a music video. She tried to have a music career. I just ended up watching that celebrity whatever and just felt so bad for her because it was so clear that she was actually a very sweet girl and that her mom had pushed a lot of this stuff onto her. I felt bad for her. So this is what that kind of reminds me of. 51-year-old. He's 51. Now. Then 16-year-old Stodden came to international fame when she married then 51-year-old. <laughs> Yeah. Then. Do you recognize them? They were like, everyone was talking about them for a hot second. And then they went away. He's yeah. so old. And I can't remember if the mom was dating him or the mom like start, was dating him, but then set her up with the daughter. She really wanted her daughter to be famous. It was the whole thing. If anyone has thoughts, let's dish, guys. 
And now Katie's going to go down a deep dive rabbit hole on them. It's really weird. It was like watching a soap opera, but you kind of feel sick to your stomach because it's real. Right? Don't watch her music videos. Is she a good performer or a bad performer? I just, I'm not going to say. I feel like I've said enough about her. Just know I feel bad for you, girl. 